0: What off-season moves will the Wizards make, and what's going on with the Nats? We'll join the rest of the world in following the end of the World Cup a little later. Thanks for checking out the DMV Sports Roundtable with Jamal and Dimitri here in the studio. Georgie is behind the wheel; he's driving to the Quicken Loans National to join Tiger and the rest of the gang there. Follow us on Twitter at DMV Sports Round One. Marchin Gortat is
1: gone, so what do the Wizards do now? First of all, let me say this: you know, no disrespect to March, but it's about damn time. Oh, he you know, wanted he, to see him gone. Well, he he, he kind of overstayed his welcome. I and, mean, George, you know as well as I do that, you know, he hasn't been the best in the locker room, hasn't been a, a great teammate. Right. Not in terms of uh, a team cancer, but, you know, he he's done his share of complaining. He's done his share of, you know, uh, bitching on social media and, and things like that. Him and Wall obviously do not see eye to eye, even though you can't tell when they run the pick and roll. It looks wonderful. But in the locker room off the court – they just don't they they just don't don't drive together, so i mean i, I it it's fine by me it's it's a move that was was waiting to happen his contract was expiring, and he was causing way too much uh for what he does
2: i mean and and the thing is too, he's always said you know the, the center position is you know it's uh, uh no longer and you know yeah. so but that's fine, but the wizards still need the only thing I worry about is they got a player back that they already – you know, it's the same player, but they always kind of try and get back. They still need a big man.
1: Yeah, well, to me, this is a move that, you know, it, it rolls into another move. It's it's the first shoe to drop, but it's not the last shoe to drop. So this is a precursor to another move. You you can't have just Jan Mahimi. And Rivers, you know, he came on last year, but um, I like it because he's coming off the bench. Now, Rivers at the starter, I'm not in love with, but Rivers off the bench – Looking at the guys that we have who, we've said before, either can't score or are reluctant scorers, he don't have that problem. And you can play him at the point. He can play off the ball. He can just flat out score. Now, defensively, just like most people on the Wizards, he's a liability. But you had no one on that on that, that bench that could come off and, and probably give you 15 to 20 a night off the bench.
2: The other thing I worry about him, too, is his locker room. I mean, they were pretty much – Yeah. I mean, the, Rock, the Rockets pretty much set it in the playoffs, and, you know, you, it's been well documented he's not the best locker room guy. And to come into this locker room that's already kind of – well, you may have gotten rid of one of those issues now, but still, I, I don't think it's the most stable. But that's yeah. the other thing I worry about, too, is off the court with him.
1: Well, you know, with, with that, I think he may have – since he's on a team, coach, was on a team coached by his father, there may have been an air of arrogance with him that – he yeah. can kind of do what he wanted because dad's there. And he can, you know, he can say certain things or do certain things and he wouldn't get come down on him like it might come down on somebody else. Now, that's pure speculation, but I'm just saying that that might have something to do with it. So, I mean, what's more humbling than being traded? Well, not by your dad, because I think Joe right, West right. runs it. But what's more humbling than that? So I think he comes here kind of with his ego kind of in check because he's got to start somewhere else and daddy is no longer in the building and you are by yourself across the country and you've got to be a man on your own. So I'm and not sure contract, if that was the situation he was leading here on his Yeah. So he, he's got to you know, produce for many different reasons, and especially because they for his bottom line because his contract is up. One more chance to uh, take care of Ernie here. He better have yeah, some kind I of just, plan, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think he does. Let's hope he does. He cleans up messes, but it's messes that he kind of creates. He's right. getting rid of Gortet, fine. But, you know, it's got to be only the first shoe to drop because this team still needs, you know, you may lose LeBron in the East, that's fine, but this team still has lots of. You know, question mark, you don't want to see it take another step back like we talked about last week. I mean, they. I think this year, I mean, they took a step back for sure. So he's got to come up with something.
1: Yeah, I mean, and they, like I said, they're cap-strapped, and that that's yeah. of his doing. You you get rid of Gortat's contract, but then Rivers comes in, and his contract last year, his contract is pretty much comparable to probably what Gortat would have counted against the cap this season. So you kind of yeah. offset, things. you know, you, you don't really get much relief there. I think you have to look at they want. They probably want to unload auto now. I doubt if you can unload Mahimi. Auto Auto is hard enough to unload. And I don't think that you can. The bigger piece is probably Bill, but I really want to stay away from that because you got to keep your core intact. And I don't think Rivers is better than Bill at all by yeah. no stretch of the no. imagination. So I think you're looking at auto, you're looking at Mahimi. You might actually throw in. Uh, I think they might be amenable to Ubre now because now you've you you drafted Brown and him. Ubre and Otto are very similar to each other. You have three guys who are alike, and two of them could probably get you some assets or, or get you a player. I don't know which way they go. If you're looking for a trade, of course the first name that comes to mind is Cousins. Then Hassan Whiteside wants out of Miami. He's made that abundantly clear. I don't know if Miami wants to deal with a team inside their own division. You've got right. New Orleans, Noel. I don't know how much he wants uh, in terms of a free agency. I think John would really want that because he wants, he's been said he wants an athletic five. He's a Kentucky guy and, and he fits that bill. And I know the one that nobody wants to talk about is Dwight Howard. He is also available. So is Brooke Lopez. But I don't think Brooke Lopez solves what, what you need.
2: No, I mean, that's the thing. These guys, you know, we keep mentioning these names, but they're not – the names that are going to put you over the top or make you take that next step. I don't know. I don't think Dwight Howard is.
1: No. I don't. I, I, but th- this is why I would have drafted a big, you know, instead yeah. of a wing player like they did.
2: And a guy you're never going to see overseas.
1: Right. You know, you, you could have – even if you did get Brown and come back in the second round and, and, and take a flyer on the big, then you at least have w- another – big in the building. Now they only have one, and it's Jan right. Mahimi, who is, like you said, he's the type of center that's archaic now. that He would have yeah. been great in the, the 80s and the 90s, but right. now right. those two, like him and Gortat, they're obsolete. You don't see those big, heavy-footed you know, guys anymore, and the ones that are can step out and shoot a three. Valanchunas is a big guy. Step out and shoot a three. Marcus Saul getting older, big guy, huge can step out and shoot a three. Zach Randolph, been around for years. He can step out and shoot. Gortat cannot do that. Pass fifth. No. Pass, pass uh, the free throw line. He'll give you a 15-footer every once in a while. Mahimi is 50-50 from, you know, under the basket.
2: Under the under the glass.
1: Yeah, he's 50-50 for a layup. So I don't know what you're going <laughs> to get. So you have to have – if you're going to have a big like that with a big body that's not as athletic – at least let him be able to step out and shoot a three or stretch the floor and and, and contribute that way. But you can't have, you know, an uh, old 90s type of guy that doesn't work anymore.
2: No, that's where Ernie's going to have to do his homework and make it happen. He's got to pull the trigger on something. you got to sign somebody because, I mean, it's – I mean, and I guess the name out there is Cousins, right?
1: Yeah, that's, that's the big name. But you don't know what New Orleans wants to do with him either. What is – what do they want to do? Right. Right. Yeah, New Orleans still that you know it's not like it's out of their hands. They can still re-sign him. They can still sign him to a long-term deal if they choose to. He has adamantly said that he wants out of uh, New Orleans. I guess he he right. just you know he's got all his ducks in a row and try to figure out what's best. But it's no guarantee that he leaves. And in my mind, if you can coexist with Anthony Davis, you got the best big man tandem in the league. And they can look at that and say, if I want to bring in another piece at a shooting guard or point guard, uh, another marquee player, they could create their own big three. Right. And they may have to. In in the West, they may have to. So if I'm New Orleans, I'm thinking I already get Anthony Davis, the the best big in the league. You probably have – Cousins is probably the second or at least top three big in the league. And if you – Put another big piece because these are, are two. This year, next year are two really good classes of max type players. Yeah. And if you can get one, then you can have your own big three because you're going to have to to go against Houston and Golden State and teams oh, like maybe, that. Maybe Minnesota, that was, who's got the
2: Lakers, the Lakers too. Yeah, maybe maybe the, gonna, maybe I mean, the Lakers also. Be, yeah.
1: You know, a lot a lot of dominoes got to fall in place for that to happen, but it's possible. Then you have Minnesota, who's got. A, a young big three they got a bunch of young guys who are up and coming so if, if New Orleans wants to stay afloat or at least be competitive in the west that's something that they have to do you don't necessarily have to do that in the east you can put together you know, a decent squad like Toronto and still be successful they don't have a big three but they've got, and they've got a bench that plays well but no one knows who the hell they are but they still, it still works they come they out work. And play
2: That's right right
1: but they get they, it something yeah. has to be done and, and of course I'm not confident at all in, in Ernie's abilities to do anything and like you said before he's good at this he he can pull a trade and clean up a mess But when you keep cleaning up messes, you're not making any moves that move forward.
2: No, because they're his messes. You keep going back. Yeah, they're his messes that he's cleaning up. That's the thing I have a problem with.
1: Bad contracts. I know you had to pay auto. That's just, you had to just swallow that. I know, but
2: that's that's just, he didn't show anything close to worth that
1: last year. No. And then you look at, you got, you had uh, Mahimi's contract, Jason Smith's contract. They were luckily able to get the the nets who just like to absorb people's bad contracts to take nicholson because that would have been another right. huge contract that was ill-gotten shouldn't have been given but it was and that would have been another mess that he had to clean up which he did and now he did gore Tide but there are others that you know in in retrospect it's not necessary to you know they paying these people this much and i like Otto, but he's not a max player
2: no and I know we talked about, you know, they had to do it or somebody else was going to do it, and that's fine. But yeah. maybe, you know, now...
1: Maybe you should just, just bite the bullet on that. Because now... You know, somebody else do it, yeah. If they did that and then drafted a player like Brown and said, okay, we're going to hand the keys to Oubre and let him play the three, then bringing in a player like Brown, everybody is like, okay, that that's smart. Right. But now when you give that big amount of money to Otto and don't get any return on it, Now and then you bring in Brown, now it looks funny. It now it yeah. just doesn't make any sense. If they would have just let Otto walk, put Ubre, say, look, we're going to put you here. You know, Let's hope you develop and see what you do. And if they draft another player similar to him, that's fine. But not when you have three and one is making that much money. And other teams want Oubre. That's a, that's been the sticking point on a lot of moves that they didn't make because other teams want him as a part. And I'm trying to see now with the position that they're in. You know, do they become more amenable to trading him or putting making yeah. him a part of a package that will net you an all star big or someone up and coming like Whiteside?
2: At some point, Ubre's got to be not a young guy anymore. He's got to start.
1: It's got to be producing. now. Yeah. yeah, it's got to be now. Nice. If it wasn't this past season, fine. Your first two, yeah, but year three, no. You, you, you have to step up. I've been adamant about not wanting to include him in any sort of trade, but now in the position that they're in where they don't have many options, if it means, you know, getting a sign-and-trade with Cousins or – you know, a big that can help you, then, you know, we'll just do it. It's just, yes. just if, it, if that's what it takes to get it done, then just go ahead and get it done. So
0: I don't want to jump from one negative topic, the Wizards, to another negative topic, the Nationals, without just throwing in the Devontae Smith-Pelly of the Caps. He re-signed yeah. about a million bucks and probably could have made more elsewhere. And well, it's nice to see a guy say, you know, I want to be here and uh, yeah. I'll, I'll take less money this time. I'll probably get my payday somewhere down the I, road.
1: I think I read that he didn't get much you know, longer-term deals. So, uh, so maybe it George, was the best deal available? Probably so. George, did you see that? I know I read that somewhere also, that that was kind of uh He didn't get anything longer-term than that one year, one mil.
2: Yeah, he said he
0: was offered a couple things. Yeah. My larger point is, there might be a few guys gone, but it might be largely the same Capitals team that won the Stanley Cup this year.
1: I mean, bringing back Carlson was huge. Yeah. You know, making, making the trade that they had to make... Uh, to free up that calf space, and it didn't hesitate on it. You know, they didn't fumble that one like they they you know fumbled the whole trot thing, and keeping him and Smith pelly That you know that was that was a good start.
0: I just wanted to put a little bit of slice of you know something positive, yeah. something to look forward to before we get into the Nationals. Well, I'm court. not.
1: It's two or it's 163 games, 162, whatever it is, and you had to overcome some serious injuries to you know a lot of starters. And they're just starting to get guys back. Goodwin was the first to come in. Eaton and Murphy are, are, are back and, and working their way. Murphy is, is playing first base because Adams is out. Then you've got – you're still waiting on Weeters, Roble, and, and Zimmerman. So they've got time to get healthy. You just added Herrera. Strasburg, who was probably should have been the first name I mentioned, that's huge. When you get him back at some point, they will get healthy sometime after the All-Star break. And there's so many ebbs and flows in, in baseball for such a long season that, yeah, they're slumping now, but they can get hot at any moment. Bryce can heat up at any moment. So I don't think it's, it's too early for doom and gloom for me anyway.
0: What if I threw this out there? Why don't we trade Bryce Harper? For what? I don't know, but just to kind of cleanse the – Cleanse the palate a little yeah, bit. Chris is joined we, in. Max Smith is yeah, here too. I'm fine with that. Uh, yeah. it's what just are never we trading him for,
3: uh, the, the, the farm from a team that uh, thinks that he is worth and a team that would be able to say, we can sign you, and Bryce would agree with it because a team's not giving up a farm for a rental player. That's essentially the same <laughs> problem <laughs> that, that the Orioles have with Manny
4: Machado. There are plenty of teams who man. need to sell tickets. Uh, all, yeah. There are plenty of teams that need to sell tickets. Yes. He's, he's a huge draw. That's why DC United just flew in Wayne Rooney. Right. So if you can bring in player like Wayne Rooney for D.C. United, why can't you bring Bryce Harper to Kansas City or
1: somewhere? But you you, you got to get something, you know. It doesn't have to blow you. It doesn't have to be abs- absolutely a king's ransom because he is in his last year and you're probably not going to pay him the 300 whatever million that he wants. He's so, not getting any so, closer. Right, to right that but if, if you're not same. willing to even have that conversation with him, then, you know— get something comparable in return. doesn't have to be a blockbuster type of thing. If you're not – if they're in the mindset they're not going to entertain that at all. But if you look
4: at how many players in Major League Baseball are now playing this way – uh if I hit 40 home runs, it doesn't matter if I strike out every time up, right? I mean, right. that's that's now a common thing in Major League right. Baseball. So you look at the average, and the average looks terrible. But you look at the, the you know, if you just look at the Homer RBI numbers, it doesn't look as terrible. So you got to wonder who's looking at what, right? right? In the old days, it was, well, you, you want to look at that average. Now people are... Kicks dig the long ball. Right? Yeah, there are
3: only a seldom amount of players, JD Martinez, coming to mind, for example, who are hitting right now for average. Mookie Betts up in Boston, mm-hmm. average and power, but it is not a whole lot of them, and that's not how I'd want to build my baseball team personally. That's I mean, not why I wouldn't bat guys, guys are swinging the money. for the fences.
1: I mean, just look, at the Yankees. Yeah, Stanton is is swinging at damn near everything. Judge is swinging at everything. Sanchez, but when they connect, they're going. Yeah. And then that's just what they do. And and the Yankees are content to live and die with that.
0: George, are you still on the line? I am. I'm oh, going into <laughs> my, my, my field
2: parking pass right now, so I'm going to have to jump. But uh, I don't think it's I, I think there's a I wouldn't call it a over 50 percent chance they trade Harper. But I would I
3: would bet that they explore it. How about that? You did call the yeah. uh, Kirk Cousins not being here. And, I, I, right. I and everybody else was yeah, you, yeah, you, you stupid. Mess me. with you. I was like, oh,
1: he'll still be yeah, here. No, you can't go against George on that. We <laughs> called that one way early. Have fun, bro.
0: <laughs> George, you want to tell us anything about golf before you hang up? No, I don't know. It's very hot, and uh, I'm looking forward <laughs> to walking and
2: finding uh, Tigers waiting for me, so I'm going to go catch up with him and uh-huh. see what we uh, what He's we waiting
3: got. for you specifically.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'll let you know if he wow. wants to call in after. Well,
0: Damn, George is rising in the ranks. I mean, he's a if Tiger's waiting for you, the new (laughs) champion. That's right. All right, Georgie, thanks a lot.
2: Well, you know, since this is the last year of the tournament here and everything, so you know.
3: Wants oh, one more wants one more chance to uh, tell George Wallace what a uh, phenomenal reporter <laughs> is. You're the man, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. All right, see you, you later, see you no, I'm interested to hear about D.C. United before the World Cup yeah, because right. of the fact that uh, where are they going as a team? Are they kind of on the track to be successful once people start piling into Audi Field here or are we still a couple of
4: years away? Uh, uh, it's MLS, so anything can happen. Um, that's how MLS is designed to have make sure that you know everybody sort of has a shot. But obviously, the way DC United has been playing so far uh, has been a little rough. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to see what happens here when you just get to forget Audi Field. I mean, which is obviously big enough in itself, but getting home field advantage for an entire half of the season essentially um yeah they've got a lot of games in a compressed schedule but just being able to be at home could be a big big thing that swings that around because you know it's not unusual to not do as well on the road as at home and dc's only had two quote unquote home games so far leading up to the opening of Audi field uh in mid-july so uh you know you can't say that they can't rebound but it's a big uphill climb. For Not
0: claiming to be an expert, but I understand Wayne Rooney there are questions about how much gas is left in his tank to well, be introduced. Well, I
4: mean, that's always going to be true on any time you bring you sign anybody, right? Everyone's always going to be, be a doubter, right? When everyone is, is trying to sell it. Mm-hmm. Uh, to some degree, obviously, you're looking at, at is he the same player he was when he was, you, you know, arguably the top striker in, and top goal scorer in, in England? Uh, no, but I mean, he could have kept playing in the EPL still as not that top striker if he had come down you know a notch or two um, uh, team wise maybe yeah uh, you know yeah he was had his time up at Everton again but. Uh, I, he can come to MLS and have an impact if he chooses to. It'll be interesting to see uh, how Ben Olsen uses him and what kind of work rate you see uh, and who he displaces out of the starting 11.
0: And okay. do you not want to hear... I'm sorry to interrupt. Do you not want to hear anything about comparisons to when Beckham came to the L.A. Galaxy? I, I know that's a that's a yeah, lifetime this ago. This is not that. That
1: was something I was going to... bring. Because you said put butts in the seats, and I thought about Beckham, and I thought about... Uh, Thierry Henry. Yeah, the Red Bulls brought in Thierry Henry. Is it one, and it had... Uh, Think what was Atlanta Donovan and Beckham, or am I uh, in L A? No, they played LA together. LA, in LA. LA. Right, yeah, yeah. So it is I was going to ask so is it one of those situations where it's it's really just to put butts in the seats, and you're not really expecting too much production? I mean i I would say that he's
4: capable of producing, mm. uh but if you look at this as far as does D C need a player like him to? have any chance of turning the season around, the answer would be yes. So hmm. there is a, a real reason on in terms of uh, management to choose to have a player like this come in, uh, but you can't discount the secondary reason, which is... Th- we were we looking for the player who can score or were we looking for both the player who can score and be a face of this team and uh, you know I think that's a, the thing that tips you toward and can justify spending money on someone like Wayne Rooney as opposed to going into some of your uh, you know younger options trying to find mm-hmm. you know a 19-20 year old uh, who might be able to go in there might be able to score I mean not that they ha- you have that you know name out there that you know who you would go for but um, there are people like that players out there looking to break through that's a much bigger risk because yeah. if that doesn't work on the field you don't get that additional benefit for the right. team and and uh, i mean you just have again just have to be honest looking at uh, trying to open a new stadium and, and things you want to take as much have as much of a backup plan there yeah. as you can and in this case um you know in july there's a lot of people interested in going down to see the stadium i was just there last night it's a really cool uh place seeing being on the field and seeing the way that the the seats sort of tower over you just vertically mm. um you know i could see it being very imposing if you fill that stadium the question is do people stay with it and keep that stadium full into august september right. and then into next season and so I, I think that's where DC united is really looking to go obviously the more you put a winning product out there that will help but yeah. also so the more you have people um, who are who you can rein in some of those casual soccer fans who might have the money to pay to go to these games uh, you know you got probably got a better shot
1: have they tried haven't they tried this sort of thing before
4: so the MLS system is set up to have give teams a shot to do this yeah. every couple of years you can have a couple of what they call the designated players okay. which are the basically the players who the team can pay Basically whatever they want, um, whereas the rest of MLS in the the model is sort of like again trying to keep that parity. All the there's like a very tight. Salary cap is the best way to phrase it, but MLS salary rules are way more complicated than that for mm. whatever reason. Um, but yeah, each team's allowed to have a few designated players or, and can be shifted around, and that's why um, you have a bunch of teams that have gone this route, trying yeah. to get some of the big names and um, see what they can do to to get
1: that kind of. And activity. I go back to like the, the Freddie Adu situation. Not to say that was a you know, it was a sideshow, but you could look at it that way. You know. Yeah, it, I mean like, that was a, a little kid that young and you yeah, know, I mean kinda, it was splashy and it made headlines but in the end it didn't work out for you
4: yeah I mean and he's now playing in USL um, right. you know the second division and he's still around but yeah I mean that was that was uh, I don't know how much I put that on on teams as I do on just the hype that ended up being built up right. there right. you know because once you build up that kind of hype I mean even if he'd been able to play perfectly. I don't know that he would have been able to live up to that.
3: Yeah, um, that's so, true. You that's know, does this team's uh, sort of failures the past uh, I would say year, maybe two years at this point on coach Ben Olsen or is it more of a roster construction thing do you think?
4: It, it's a little hard to say. I know there are a lot of fans I've talked to who kind of just say, well, if we get Olsen out, then you know, so things would be better. Solution, but yeah. right, exactly. That's just an an easy solution. Obviously, uh, you know, You can't pick one thing out when a team has been sitting so low in the table for so long. So I'm not sure that I would pick out any one thing in this situation. Um, But yeah, there are a lot of fans saying it's nice that we have a club legend and Ben Olsen here to open Audi Field. But what happens next? Mm -hmm. But but that's not enough. It really isn't enough. I mean, yes, you could have you could bring in a, a manager might be able to help pick up of you know seven eight points maybe a little more over the course of the season if you can you know figure out some really innovative lineup thing but that's not enough to get you anywhere in the playoff mix at this point if you just added that on to the current current table so i i mean i don't think you can put this all on any one person at anywhere at dc united at this point um if you just look at you're that low in the standings. How do you? How in the world can you put that on one verse
0: mm-hmm. Shall we uh, widen the lens to the whole world, uh, or most of the world? I guess the U.S. <laughs> it's kind of a glaring omission. Oh, hey, do we've
4: you, got we've got an American team out there. I'm rooting for them. We've got a couple of referees, assistant referees out there. <laughs> uh, Mark Geiger had a great game the other day. He's on track for a knockout round match. We could see Jair Marufo as one of the assistant video referees on one of these. Right. You know, I, we good. got a team USA. Rooting for. So
0: you answered my first question. I was going to ask if you like to say knockout phase, knockout stage, knockout round. It all means the same thing. This is when this is a lot when of people start. The, yeah. the key
4: the key if you're not a soccer person. We went from everybody plays in a group stage in order to eliminate any like freakish occurrences, right? right. If you can't get out of the group stage, like yes, some big name teams like Germany. Like Germany, but there's no blaming it on, oh, that was like a freak thing. We got right, three games, right, we right. had three chances, it, you could have had one bad game, if you had won your other two games you would mm-hmm. have had six points and you would have been through. Right. Um, and so, but now we move on to the March Madness style, right? We right. move on to the the the, te- the 16 teams that advanced, matched up uh, first place from one group against second place from another, and then they're all sort of in the bracket so that if you were in the same group with somebody, you wouldn't meet till the final, because you wouldn't want an unlucky draw right. to put the two best teams in the world in a group Group and then to play in the first round of the knockout phase again, and then suddenly yeah. you had the best you know, you lose your opportunity at the best game. Yeah. Um, so you got this bracket, and at, it, there's conventional wisdom here that one side is much, much more difficult than the other, which is why we're uh, seeing uh, Belgium and England compete for how many yellow cards they can get in this game, <laughs> um, which is. Whatever you think of the tiebreaker intention of trying to encourage fair play, not what yellow cards were originally meant sure. for. Mm. Um, so there's some interesting outcomes here. But you I guess know,
0: we could we could just to uh, umbrella it. Uh, Europe and South America are very much represented.
4: Yeah, here. very heavily. Um, yeah. Uh, Mexico made it through from uh, Concacaf, uh, which is the North American Federation. Uh, Japan is in there from Asia. Uh, but yeah, otherwise we've got Europe and South America and. Some of these were, you know, there was a chance for Senegal to go through, got kind of unlucky again on yeah. this. Um, you know, Senegal looked very good playing uh, in several of their games, and so they got kind of unlucky not to get yeah. net, get in. They got four points, which um, well, in some of the groups is enough, but um, it wasn't enough in this one, so uh, they lose out on that tiebreaker to Japan, um, but Looking at some of these matchups, we've got you know France, Argentina. Argentina mm. started off looking pretty rough, but mm. in their third game, they hit their stride. Messi woke up, yeah, um, and so if Argentina is in their stride, suddenly yeah. it doesn't
1: matter that they kind of
4: yeah, slept through their first two
1: were games. Throwing him under the bus, right? You know. And he
4: didn't play well. I mean, he he had a penalty kick that was not great. It was saved, yeah. Um, but generally. It, you know he wasn't playing very well. At the same time, it's a lot different playing on a national team where, yes, he has lots of good players around him, yeah. but it's not as good as his club team. His club team is yeah. the best club team in the world. And he's going to give Maradona a heart attack well, if he keeps doing that. Maradona might do that to himself uh, <laughs> if you look at how he uh, had a little bit of a problem after
1: that win the other day. But it, it's it's fun to watch.
4: It, it's fun to watch. And that's the thing is a, a lot of these games are going to be very, very fun to watch. Uruguay-Portugal will be very interesting just because of the physics Uruguay could send down mm-hmm. um, against Portugal, just trying to send Cristiano Ronaldo, let him do his thing. Um, and that's another, that's, you know, you could get an Argentina-Portugal matchup in round two of oh. this. So that would be, uh, you know, another one where you got Ronaldo versus Messi. Yep. Well, we haven't seen that in Spain enough, so we're just going <laughs> to do it again. Um, that, that's pretty exciting, though, for the casual fan. Right, that's I, and I'm trying to, you know, I, I mean, but again, around here, Brazil-Mexico. Yeah. Massive game uh, yeah. you know, if you talk about people who are, you know, the casual fans who've picked up Brazil because Brazil has been good for so long. Yeah. Um, although at the end of the last World Cup they were
1: not. Um I mean we've got a contingency downstairs in this in this very building, you know, La Mera they've had their jerseys on right. you know, for the last couple of weeks, taking mm-hmm. pictures and you know, it's it's a it's a it's a good time. But all those games are on one side of the bracket. So uh-huh. all of
4: those teams can't won't can't only one of those teams can't get can get to the final. Uh. Uh, so you got uh, you're gonna have very interesting games all the way through, uh, and then that's why on the other side of the bracket people are saying, oh, maybe it's easier. I don't think you can have an easy game in the knockout phase of the it World sounds Cup. Sounds
1: like the East and West in the NBA to me. Uh,
4: it's it's <laughs> a, no, I mean, it, and that's it, it's sort of how it worked out here. Yeah, but you can still get somebody coming through there because a lot of this is based on what people just sort of have a gut feeling, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, well, I remember England's usually good at soccer. Or I I remember Germany. (laughs) Germany sounds pretty good. Now England has had a rough history at the World Cup, but at least they're making the knockout phase here. That's what Um, I'm
1: thinking. You know, those teams and then Sweden and France and of course uh, Brazil and Argentina right. all the ones that are familiar to And,
4: and that's what this based around, Folks like yeah.
1: myself and Dimitri who don't really watch it all the time but we know the Messi and Ronaldo we know we hear the names. Right. Mm-hmm. But when you start talking about you know like Senegal had a nice run I got no clue. Right, but you—I mean—you actually a lot of those players are
4: now finally getting their chances and yeah. playing in the Premier League, and so like some of those players are are getting slightly more well-known around the people who focus on different right. leagues. Because that's—and that's the other thing around here—is you know it's so easy now to watch so many different leagues. You know, somebody's a watches every German game. Somebody watches every English Premier League game. Somebody watches every game in Spain or Italy or you know, and then that or MLS or whatever the case may be um, which also contributed i think to some of the questions about the video assistant refereeing which is new the first time soccer's using re- like a replay type oh, right. situation uh, here which has been a an interesting experience for people who haven't been watching like MLS was one of, in here was one of the first to really Fully implement and study it, and and w- along with, with as a, a demonstration project for FIFA. Uh, so the MLS guys know exactly what's going on. But if you watched in leagues that haven't been using it. It kind of comes as a surprise in the way it's used and the the pacing of the of things and, and everything, but it's it's helped get a, a number of decisions right. People have had questions about some of the other ones, but um, when when we get to the World Cup final where everyone is actually watching mm-hmm. and all watching the same game at the same time, if something happens there, uh, then expect it to everyone to start freaking out even more than the Absolutely. soccer fan cult- culture is right now. Are you ready to call
0: it, Max? Are you a betting man or is it just a you know with this knockout phase, just wait to see what happens? I, I
4: mean, I mean, I'm always very cautious about it because I always expect something strange to happen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I mean, again, looking at the at the brackets uh, and the way teams have been playing, uh, you know, that if Spain gets past Russia and Russia doesn't continue its sort of home court advantage here if Spain gets past Russia in the first round you have to like their chances um, but again it doesn't that's not to say anything about Croatia or Denmark Croatia has been playing pretty well too uh, and Croatia has a lot of a lot of very good players and they could knock Spain out in the next round if you know in that next round of the knockout page, phase in the quarterfinals so every team that made it this far has 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 a chance of winning their next game and if they can have a chance of upsetting in the cases where it's an upset in the next game well then they equally have a chance of upsetting the one <laughs> right, after that right, right. and so that's what makes me really you know it's like you can look at these teams and see who's who's solid but to some degree they're all solid so um you know I've I tried to pick Belgium 4 years ago and they crashed out on me so uh uh I'm not quite ready to ready to pick anybody this time
1: let me ask you this then for the fans of the US team what kind of encouragement what can they expect what can be done for them to put themselves in a position to qualify next time around i mean for starters, there's been some at least positive
4: steps as far as giving all the young guys a chance in these pre-World Cup friendlies, the you know, 17, 18 year olds. Mm. Um, obviously that not all of those games were against top notch competition. Some of them were against, were decent, but some of them were against other teams that did not qualify as well. Um, but they at least look to be having fun out there, excited, working hard. Um, so the, the main thing I th- think is just to make sure that all of these players who are coming up continue to get those chances Instead of um, having to be worried about, well, we got to win this friendly or win this other thing. Um, And and then you got to build that intensity that the US didn't seem to have throughout all of qualifying. I mean, there was. some of the players have talked about in that last game, It not that it should have come down to it, but in the last game in Trinidad they uh, at Trinidad and Tobago, they, it was sort of like, oh, well, we won the hard game, and now we're coming into this one. All yeah. we got to do is get a tie. And then, oh, the field's kind of a mess. Well, we're like pros. We don't need to. Yeah. And so um, I think that, and Clint Dempsey's really spoken to this, is the need for that hardworking, driven attitude um, that in some parts might come from finding players outside of the, like, Pay to pay to play club structure where you got to pay you know a few thousand dollars to be on a team and then more to be on a tournament or whatever Um, and so how do you but the problem is if you're not in that structure how do you find those players right I mean there are lots of guys who I play pickup with out in the park who are great players but they never did anything because. Where were they gonna? Where were they gonna be seen? Even, by, even if you were just talking about college, where is somebody gonna see mm-hmm. the guys who are just going out and playing and having fun, or going out and playing in the, um, you know, a league just out in, you know, Highsville or something? Yeah. And just they're out there, they're playing really well, but like they're out there to have fun. They go to work on Monday or whatever. Where, where's that going? They're not yeah. going anywhere. And so mm-hmm. you, you got to get reach down there, you know.
1: Does the support or lack? I don't even say lack there because I know there are a lot of Fans, you know that that support the team USA, but the fact that the popularity of the sport in this country is not what it is compared to other countries. That it's it's everything to I make all of these countries except for the U.S. because soccer is not everything here. The whole you know when I was fourteen, I went I spent the summer in Sweden. And I turned 15 over there, actually. But it was during World Cup time. And it was just the entire... I've never seen or experienced anything like that in the U.S. You know, in terms of of the whole country came together, places shut down, and, you know, businesses were on hold and stuff like that. And just the way the excitement around not just their team, but the entire event. is here, but we got... It's the international... Mm-hmm. folks that we have here it's I don't see that same spirit from U.S. fans and, and does that have any sort of factor on you know I mean I, I think in this year I think like
4: in disappointment uh, some people really have tried to who still want to watch the World Cup have tried to jump on a bandwagon with yeah. somebody else Um, but I, I think generally it's more of the what what the opportunity is seen as. So like when people are playing and have feel like they're at that level where they could go on to the next thing, right. their next thing goal is usually the college game, right? They're looking right. for which, um, you know, it, the college game is great, um, but it's a different kind of atmosphere. Uh, and, well, maybe not atmosphere, but a, a different kind of goal. Uh, the goal of getting a degree mm-hmm. than the goal of focusing fully on training and games and right. experience. And so there are some people who are trying to skip um, college and go to these pro contracts now. It's working for some of them, not working for others. Uh, there's also some college coaches who've been led um, in part by uh, Sasha Swarovski from uh, Maryland who've been pushing for more of a full year schedule for the college game so that it's not like run, 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 sub, run, 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 sub. Right. Um, but all of those pieces, I don't really think explain anything. I I, I mean, I think the there is obviously some aspect of... You know, which sports are the best athletes choosing, right? Yeah. So if you can make millions of dollars in basketball right. or right. tens of thousands of dollars in soccer, which one are you going to choose? Exactly. Um, exactly. So there is something to be said for that. Um, and but good old tradition, I hate to mm-hmm. say, right? Yeah, tradition. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I think tradition, I mean, I think that that's not. As big of an issue in in a lot of areas as it was. Um, I mean, uh, you know, you look around here at some of the uh, either high school or club games, and you get a decent decent crowd, decent atmosphere um, for soccer. But yeah, I mean, I think there is still a tradition of football, basketball, uh, kind of is the primary yeah. thing that people represent their school, town, whatever. I mean, when you win the Section championship for your little league as an eleven-year-old, like that gets a little write-up in the hyper-local paper. Yeah. When you win, when, when you make a state cup final as an eighteen-year-old in Virginia, which where often the state cup features national champion versus national champion from the previous couple of years, that's a blip if that on the radar. So there right. is something to be said for for all of that, but um, I, I think that. If you look at the game, especially in our area, I mean, there is lots of good soccer. There are lots of people interested in soccer at various levels, whether it's playing, uh, watching, whatever. Uh, so, if anything, we should be an opportunity in an area where, when you look at some of the players around here, we could we could have some of the people like we've seen on the women's side with someone like Allie Krieger. Um, obviously, it helped her dad as a very accomplished coach himself, who was able to work her work with her all the way up, but. Um, there are a number of players who around here who could help and that some of them are five years old now, but in yeah. 10 years, if they're 15 and they're ready to contribute to the U 17 national team or the U 20 national team and grow. And and so it's really got to, it's really something that goes all the way up and down. And it's not something that's easily fixable, just like in all the other sports, there is this from very young, you're, you're out there to win. Yeah. Right. And if you don't have the right coach, that doesn't lead to good things. And yeah. so, when as much as we say it about about soccer, some of these things apply in all the sports. We're just kind of uh, I don't know if lucky is the right way to put it, but in the in something like baseball or basketball, like we've got so many people playing baseball and basketball yeah. that like the people who get screwed up, yeah, they slide out. But we got enough people who don't get screwed up who make it make it through because there aren't as many people competing from all over the world whereas in soccer if you don't if you kind of rise to the top only through everybody else sliding out well there are people all over the world who rose to the top because they were taught the right way so um, it's not I don't find it all an American thing I mean you got to get the team
1: to work together and you got to get the team to work hard Um, and I know as a person like interest wise I played soccer coming up from five years old to middle school so i don't think i've ever literally sit down and watch an entire soccer game like i just don't have the i just can't do it, it, it so i find
4: somewhat soccer and baseball to be similar so if you are. know what's if if i mean they're totally different obviously but yeah. but as far as where i'm going with this except for the
0: nuances right that's and what that's you're getting. Where i'm
4: going yeah. for is is if you know what you're looking for mm-hmm. you find both games extremely exciting even yeah. when nothing is happening if you don't know what you're looking for, you don't find either game exciting even when something is happening unless it's a home
1: run or a goal. Right. And so like... And there's so much dead space in between where you have lows, where you have long at-bats or, you know, you go maybe a whole game and it's 0-0. Nobody scored anything. Right. But I can find a 0-0 game exciting if it's the right
4: 0-0 game. You can also find some of the games like we saw at the end of the group stage where both teams can just go through with a tie with a draw and they're just, say... Okay, well, we'll just stand around and kick the ball around. Where like they don't that they're not trying to make the game exciting. They're just trying to get through. Um, But if you know what you're looking for, I just think like you you can appreciate. Oh, they're knocking the ball around the back. Let me see what the forward is doing up there. The more you were, again, sort of back to the like how how were you brought up with the game, or were you brought up with the Mm -hmm. game, or did somebody just in you know when you were six or seven say? All right, go and run around with them. Kick the ball around. Right, right. Because that you're missing the point if that's right. what if, if that's
1: what happens, you know. Yeah, and if, you know it, you're also dealing with a, a nation of people who like fast. I mean, hockey can be zero zero for a long time, but it's so fast paced, up and down. Basketball is up and down. And everything, something's happening. Football is a a tad bit slower, but it's more interesting because it's you know you get touchdowns, interceptions, and this and that, and then. When you get to sports like baseball and soccer, who are probably a little more cerebral and takes a little more patience, unless, you know, like you said, you know what you're looking for. You know, in baseball, if you're not, if you're just looking for somebody to hit a home run, then you're probably not gonna, you know, enjoy watching a baseball game on TV. Right, right. But, you know, if you're looking for fielding, if you're looking at pitching, if you're looking for, you know, certain things, then you can enjoy it and appreciate it more rather than someone. It's like somebody watching football just want to see a touchdown. Right. Well, right. you might not get that.
4: Right. Like, was there was a there great defense on that exactly. play? Or, like, yeah, in baseball, like, I'm watching and I'm watching. Oh, he the last pitch was a like curveball in, I th- right. think he should go fastball up. Like, you know, like if yeah, you're thinking thing, through yeah, the right. game or, you know, again, like me and I'm at a baseball game and I'm like, oh, great
1: rotation, umpire. But uh, <laughs> you think I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, it's like it's knowing the game, you know, know you, in order to know what you're looking at or looking for, you have to know the game. So and it, it takes some time. I'm learning as I'm getting into hockey more in the last, you know, like as, you know <laughs> in however many years, you know, over the last few years. And I'm still learning and, and as I'm watching and picking up, oh, that's okay, that's what that's what well, that's that's a penalty. That's mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and looking at and I'll ask questions, you know, to people like Zach. I'll ask Zach, Zach's a hockey player player, and I was well why, you know, in this certain situation, why do they like I noticed during the caps, they would clear it, but We'd be on our side of the ice, but they would kind of go very nonchalantly towards the puck when you have all of these other players are bearing down on them. And I'm like, "Hurry up! What are you doing? Trying to get nice and Yeah, get the puck! What are you waiting on? Right, right, right." And this guy is coming down 90 miles right, per right, hour, right, right. and he's just very casually remanding over there, and you know, getting the puck, and somebody comes smack him up against the glass. So That's stuff I gotta learn, yeah, because then he told me that's they want them to do that. That's that's sort of a strategy to me. I'm screening with the TV. Like, what the hell are you doing? Why are you going so damn slow. Right, right, right. But yeah, but I mean, you know, if you you got to learn and then know what you're looking at, and hopefully more people, you know, most people choose not to and just start right. yelling. Most yeah. people
4: just most people just say, I don't know. I, it didn't seem good. Ah! yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, but it, it ask the questions, and it, you know, you and you'll enjoy it more. Yeah. You know, I find myself now. I, I can't watch everybody. It's like baseball. If it's not the Nats, I'm not really into it. If it's not the Caps, you know, know I'm not going to watch the Blues and the Maple Leafs or whatever. But I can sit down and watch any football team. I can sit down and watch any basketball team. When you're learning, you get more into it. You know, so watching hockey to me now is is more enjoyable. And I can yell and cuss at the TV because I know what I'm I'm yelling and cussing at.
0: (laughs) Well, enjoy the World Cup, everybody. Well, What's left of it, which should
1: well, be the most we've, exciting we've, part. We've
4: still got a couple more weeks. Finals not till July 15th. So uh, we got lots more to, to look at here.
1: Well, we be the best parts coming up. Absolutely. We appreciate the education
0: from WTOP you, Max. reporter Max Smith, a big-time soccer fan. And, of course, for Jamal and Chris and George, I'm Dimitri. The DMV Sports Roundtable is on Apple Podcasts, the Podcast One app, Podcast podcastone.com, and WTOP's mobile app. Just tap listen for Redskins fans, large and small, all around the world. God help us.